The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Episode 125 of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. My name's Kyle. This is Chop Rules with a Z. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. 17 days away from Solo. Tickets acquired. We gotta figure out our stuff, boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Solo, baby. It's gonna be huge. We ain't gonna be solo that night. I can't wait, man. Calamari, Akbar, the works. Just before we before we move off from this, Kyle, I just wanna ask... Did you? We haven't even gotten into it yet. We're not moving off of it. <laughs> did you? I just want to know. Did you know that tickets were going on sale, or was it only rumored? Because I never heard any official confirmation from Lucasfilm or anything that, oh yeah, this is the Star Wars days today. I, I'd heard it, you know, through the grapevine more or less. Some theater chains in the U.S. were confirming May fourth, but ours up here, well, Cineplex, it really is the only one. Uh, they said nothing. At least until, I don't know, I, I don't even know when they said get solo tickets. It, some At some point on the 3rd of May, I checked, and they had not said anything at all. And people were asking, and they just said, we've been given no information, which had to yeah, be a that, lie. I look like an idiot. Like one of my best friends, big Star Wars dude, he he texted me probably like 10 at night. Are tickets going on sale at midnight? He's like, uh, I know I work at 5 in the morning, but I'm going to stay up. I was like, no, bro, go to sleep, man. We'd, we'd know something for sure. But at this point, like, they're not going to drop the ball like that. Like, we would have had something confirmed. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool. And then, you know, I'm going to bed around midnight. And then I see um, someone on Twitter just say, like, oh, I almost fell asleep before midnight. Oh, I'm so lucky. I'm getting my solo tickets. I'm like, what? Then I text Carlos. Carlos, you guys. I think you were in on that, Kyle. I, I think was, I texted uh, both of you. If you were, I was already asleep. Like, yeah, I, you were. I don't think I got that message. Anyway, I think maybe it was just Carlos. But anyway, I was like, Carlos, are they going on sale tonight? And you were just like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, holy cow. Then I woke I up said, in the morning and Kyle had posted in the in the group, got my six tickets. I'm like, what a dick. Like, can not even <laughs> tell us? <laughs> I actually checked on uh, the Cineplex uh, website while I was uh, talking to Corey. But uh, I don't know if the feed wasn't refreshed. I don't. I don't know if it was just, just, just before midnight or after midnight. I don't remember. It was after uh, midnight. Yeah. I checked as well, and I didn't see anything. So I was like, okay. Well, that's why Grandmaster Kyle knows what he's doing. Um, I can I wish I could say I, I knew what I was doing. It's just I, you know, I got I got as far as getting to. Actually, no. I, by the time I got to work, I knew they were on sale. So I was driving a little bit more. Uh, aggressive shall we say to work that morning <laughs> but by the time yeah it was when i woke up and i saw that tickets had gone on sale i was like oh huh look at that so i you know i went through my morning routine but that was in the back of my mind like the horror that tickets were being snapped out from under me as i was in the shower and getting the kids ready and getting off to school every minute spent was was time wasted i was gonna get a horrible seat front row you guys would all be angry with me 
Uh, but I, by the time I got to work and to boot, our network was down at work completely. Like Friday was a total write-off at work for me. No server access, no internet access. So I'm like, well, get, I guess I'm doing this on my phone. And so I, I was able to secure tickets on my phone. And we have we have pretty good seats. So all that to say, um, like obviously we're good. We're fine. But I, I was kind of surprised. Like maybe it's because... Cineplex did such a poor job of getting the word out, but here I am buying tickets for the Friday or Thursday night showing. Mind you, it's the second showing, the 10 p.m. showing, and we had our almost our pick of the litter as far as seats go. It was kind of bizarre, and then I bought two more tickets for Saturday night because my wife and I always go that the, the opening Saturday together, and there was no tickets bought for that one. So I I picked whatever two tickets I wanted. But yeah, man, I am excited. That's 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 a chore done. And actually, I bought six, uh, thinking that a coworker would come with me. And he came over. He's like, "Oh, did you buy the tickets?" Yeah. He's like, "Cool. Here's twenty bucks. When is it? The twenty fourth. Oh, damn. I'm in Japan. Give me back my twenty bucks." <laughs> he takes back his twenty bucks. So now okay, I have an okay, open. Okay. I've got an open so seat an, now. You, you have an extra. You have an extra ticket. I do. Okay. Give me a week. Deal. I I, I think I can I can I can spring something. I know someone who would be interested in coming as well, for sure. Yeah, I don't care who you know, Corey. I, <laughs> I, 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 I need it for me. <laughs> yeah, go for it. No, no, whatever. Give me a week, and then uh, if it doesn't work out, then you can... Uh, Deal, we'll, we'll reconvene a week from now, and in the opening to episode 126, you can, uh, you, can, you can sum up, and then we can pass the torch to Corey or not. Nice. All right, cool. Because <laughs> I know, I know the fun. listeners really will want to know, for sure. Well, definitely. <laughs> but that's when this is when it becomes real when you get your tickets before that know, you know so seeing trailers seeing tv spots that's all well and good you get to see these things and it makes it feel like it's coming but when you get your tickets that's when it's real and now it's now it's just the torturous wait that you know what we'll get to like episode 127 that's when it's going to feel like absolute torture everything to that point is going to be just pass like lightning and then that last week is going to be just agony. I was actually at our theater. I call it our theater now because that's where we go watch them. And uh, I was there last night and I watched A Quiet Place. It was a late showing. It was like a 10.25, so like a 10.30, 10.40 type of start time. And uh, when you drive up to the theater, you see the the, the decal with the, uh, you know, the, the yellow and orange poster with the, the, the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Yep, that kind of looks like the uh, the Empire's emblem almost. Anyways, it's uh, as I was driving up there, I'm like, I'm gonna be here in a few weeks. I'm gonna be here in a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just a movie, man. But I'm so excited, really, really excited, super excited. Yeah, I mean, these standalones kind of take a bit of a backseat to the saga movies, but I'm kind of happy about that. Like this is, it's kind of like when your team misses the playoffs, and we know all about that lately. You just kind of get to sit back and just enjoy the other playoff hockey or whatever sport you're into. Just stress-free. You get to root against the teams that are in that you hate. But you don't have to worry about your team screwing it up for you and making your life worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I like about this too, though? The whole solo thing. I think I mentioned it a bit last week. Like, uh, This weekend I wore shorts. It's The sun's out. It's like summer is right around the corner. 
like I was just in the theater as well, same theater, our theater. I saw Avengers mm-hmm. this weekend, you know, so I was like just taking a deep breath of it all. And yeah, man, we're this is a great blockbuster summer season for us, anyhow. Is that it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> man, I'm I'm stoked about this movie, man. Like, just ah, it's different to have a movie in May, right? Like we've been on the summer, on the uh, on the winter Christmas timeline for now, and just touching back into uh, the latter part of the 20th century. Yeah, you're right. I I have a feeling that once we get through episode nine, I have a feeling that movies will release back into that May time frame, unless they go to a year, and then they'll do May and December, which would be nuts. But I feel like they're going. Lucasfilm is going to want May back. They're gonna they're gonna stagger them too. I don't think they're gonna do two per year. I kind of hope not. I mean, I it's like it's like winning the lottery, right? When people say, "Oh, pe- money won't buy happiness," I'd sure like to try. Oh well, yeah, sure. I'd like to uh, test out that theory. Thank you. Yeah, g- you know, give it, give us a you know, couple of rounds of of you know, years with two Star Wars movies, and I guess we'll decide from there. But yeah, who's to complain? So how did, how did you guys uh, spend your May the Fourth Revenge of the Fifth weekend? Anything special? Anything Star Wars related, Carlos? uh yeah i left uh i dropped a video in the tumbling saber uh facebook group if you guys want to join in just uh, send a request and uh, kyle will approve you and so i uh i woke up and i was like oh then i saw that kyle got the tickets and i got a little giddy and um i went to the lego store and i got the exclusive may the 4th bb8 with a 75 dollar purchase so i pretty much bought um the two 35 dollar sets han solo speeder and uh, yoda's hut and i bought the imperial patrol battle pack nice uh, oh yeah, yeah that's right my... i did see that video you, you bought four yeah. things right yeah i bought three things and they gave two different gifts and like um a spec sheet for the Y-Wing, like a poster, kind of little poster thingy. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, I, d- I haven't built anything yet. I'm waiting to uh, to see uh, JR from JR's Toy TV uh, for more than uh, a few minutes to actually <laughs> sit down and, and build with him. Uh, personal stuff going on. But um, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to sit down and build those things. It's awesome. So I got that. I got the the, the two big sets. I got the battle pack, um, the free BB-8, uh, May the 4th exclusive, and a Darth Vader pod. Very cool. So all cool stuff. Yeah, cool stuff. Very happy. That was my – and I bought a brand new pair of jeans, and I'm four inches down from my previous size. Woohoo! Look at that. Hot damn. Go, yeah, Carlos. Friday, Friday was a good day. <laughs> Indeed. Corey, any, any Star Wars functions for your May the 4th holy weekend? Well, I wore uh, my Revenge of the Jedi t-shirt to work on Friday. <laughs> um, I watched Donald Glover on SNL, which was pretty awesome. He did a pretty and, good job. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I had to go try and get something anyhow. That I, I didn't know for sure if I was going to. Like I went into a few, few shops. Nothing. Nothing out there. And then I, I tumbled upon some link to um, was it Entertainment Earth? I think it is. Oh, anyway, what it was, did you it, do? Yeah, it was a <laughs> a Black Series exclusive. Oh boy! 
Yeah, it's uh, Admiral Piet. Admiral nice. Piet Black Series? Yeah. And it was just, it blew my mind so much at the time because it was late at night. It was probably right before SNL came on and I was probably already like two, three beer in. And I was just like, not one, but two. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this. I might actually try and see if the value goes up and whatnot and maybe try and recoup my losses here. Like maybe just pay pay for one or something. I don't know. Uh that of the powerful friends. We'll see what happens. So you see bought two? You said you bought two? Two Admiral Peets. Nice. This is a six inch? Yemen. Yeah, From, is it like a blue or red or orange? Uh, I think it's red. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, I've never even seen this figure. Cool. No, nice. it's, it's, it was like, it just popped up like on the, the, the black series form there. It was just like, it's an exclusive, like they're not making oh, many supposedly. got it. Like, buy now. Like, get it now. It's on this site. I was like, let me just check this out. Oh, still in stock or pre-order still available. I was like, I'm doing it. Now, do you have any, any delivery window for this? Do you know if you're – is it like they have to wait to receive it and it's going to yeah, be months before you get it? Some, yeah, it's sometime in June supposedly. That's fine. All That's right. not that far. It's next month. That's not too bad. You can make it, Corey. I'm pretty sure. Hey, trivia. Yeah. Anybody know the yep. actor's name for for Admiral Piet? Captain Piet? Same guy? Oh, man, I knew this. And now... <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the initials. KC. <sighs> Kenneth Cawley. I don't... Kenneth Cawley. I don't remember. No. He was in... Wasn't he in one of... Uh, wasn't he also in a, uh, a George Lucas... Uh, uh, Indiana Jones? No, that, no, no. Sorry, that was uh, that was General Veers. Yeah, you're t- yeah, you're thinking of General Veers. Yeah. Uh, well, Admiral Ozel as well was in. Yeah. Uh, Last Crusade. As Hitler. That's right. Anyway, you let's know, not go know, down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say quickly. I always thought when I was a kid, I thought uh, Moff J. Jared was um, Gary Sinise. I'm like, I'm convinced <laughs> it's him, man. He should be in Star Wars. I could I could deal with Gary Sinise in Star Wars. Hell yeah. Wasn't that Rob Wade's call for Thrawn? I think mm. so. That is still kind of a good call. It's a Rob Wade call. It's normal. He's on fire. Yeah, he is. More about Rob in a second. Um, yeah, my, my May the 4th weekend, pretty slow as far as Star Wars goes. I, I did pick up the tickets for the group. Um... Other than that, I watched The Force Awakens today for the first time since, I think, November of 2017. And you know, I think it was the first time I watched it where I actually felt a little bit nostalgic for it, which is weird because the movie's not more than, you know, two, two and a half years old. And I had, like, little nostalgic pangs for it. And, like, Han Solo's death scene hit me harder, I think, than at any point in the past. It was so weird. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I watched that scene and I'm like, it just, it, it, maybe it's because I hadn't seen it in maybe six months, but it, it was like, it jolted me a little bit. Did it sh- did you shed a tear? No, I, no. I'm dead inside. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I just, I want to again, thank, uh, Rob from E14, who's going to graciously, uh, put a link to this podcast on his website. So be sure to check out emotionally14.com, subscribe to his podcast, get some laughs, improve your life, all that jazz. And um, also congrats to Rob 
who has now been announced officially. It's it's now public knowledge, so I can say this. As the the new showrunner, the Admiral over at Talk Star Wars, who acquired the site from Mark, who is departing. Uh, so congrats to our good friend Rob Wade. It's it's I, I know that Rob's gonna do a bang up job with with uh, TSW, and I I'm so excited to see what he's gonna do with it. Admiral Wade, we shall double our efforts. <laughs> we shall double our efforts. <laughs> Very good. And well, and also on that note, on the flip side, I also want to give a a genuine heart thank heartfelt thanks to Mark, uh, the departing admiral at TSW, for all that he's done for the Commonwealth at large, and for me personally as a podcaster, um, so much support, whether it's it's technical things or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't bouncing say, ideas off. Yeah, a, well, a sounding board, and also like trying yeah. to navigate some sticky, some sticky situations here and there. Um, Mark was always there with with better than I can hope for insight and knowledge and tips, and he'll be sorely missed. And it's not like he's going away; like he's never going to speak to any of us ever again. He's always a DM or a Skype call away, and uh, I'm happy about that for sure. But he will be sorely missed. I, I you know, Mark was. Someone I, I loved listening to as a podcaster. I always looked forward to the daily. Uh, but I'm I'm happy for Mark that you know he's doing this on his terms. He's he's comfortable and at peace with the decision. And I, I hope he finds something else to do with his creative energy. Because man, he's he's a powerhouse, man. He does he puts his mind to things and just blazes a trail right through it. It's he he's 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 awesome. I love Mark. Yeah, all kinds of times ins- for Mark. Inspiring. Inspiring yeah. is a good word. The unstoppable force, man. It's true. The guy's so passionate that this next project, he's just going to knock it out of the park as well. Absolutely. And yeah, so I, he's been so inspirational to me as as a guy who who produced a lot of, of of podcast, quality podcasting stuff. He was always sort of the bar for me. And also like he was always, whenever I'd make a podcast with every show that I did, no matter which show we're doing, it was always in the back of my mind is it, it would Mark be interested in this? And if the answer was yes, I'd good. If if Mark would be happy with this podcast, then I'm happy with with the way this turned out. Uh, so, Mark, thank you, sir, for all the stuff that you've done for us here in the group, uh, the Commonwealth, that Tumbling Saber, everywhere. Uh, you will be sorely missed, my friend. But uh, we'll be in touch. And lastly, a shout out to Dark Sky Radio, who will continue to highlight our show on Friday nights at 9 p.m. on their radio service. At uh, darkskyradio.com. Yeah, we're getting uh, getting, apparently we're getting a few hundred listens on Friday nights from from that. So awesome! um, Yeah, that's hey, that's that's really cool. Being exposed to a different audience is great. So if you're listening to this uh, via Dark Sky Radio, well, first of all, hello and thank you. Uh, And second of all, drop us a line. I'd like to know if anybody's listening to us out there from Dark Sky Radio. Say hi. Drop us a, a note via DM on Twitter at Tumbling Saber, or you can email me at uh, kyle at tumblingsaber.com. Just say hi. That's all. Just let us know that this thing is working. All right, guys. We can now jump. Oh, we have, Corey, you have a collecting update? I'd hate to skip over yeah. that. Or did you just, was that, was it the Admiral Piet thing? Admiral Piet, baby. Good. So we can, we can plow right on ahead into the Remember, news. There was two of them. There was two. Yes. You tell. Give me two. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, solo ticket pre-sales. We spoke about our tickets, but apparently we're not the only ones that bought our tickets. 
apparently this, you know, for a movie that nobody wanted or nobody asked for, Disney, it's doing pretty well. Granted, it was, you know, this report came out after one night of sales, but apparently pre-sales are tracking ahead of Black Panther, which I find absolutely stunning. Like, what did you guys think about that news? Corey, what did you think when you heard that solo tickets are selling this well? Well, I think they're projecting, what, $170 million over the four days, and that's a, it's a holiday weekend for both us and the United States. So uh, I guess, I don't know, I think clickbait articles are going to say, like, oh, it didn't cross the $200 million marker. Meh. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wasn't that sound that the big boss man from Cops made? Yeah. Uh, it's Wal- Waluigi from Mario Party. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, Black Panther, I, I knew it was going to do well, okay, in theater, but I, I think the phenomenon that it became was more a word of mouth kind of thing and saying how good the movie was and how how much people were actually raving about it and how good the movie was. Like, I think that just got out there and people were like, we got to go see this thing in theaters, you know? Well, like, it did have a 257 million opening. No, sorry. Black Panther, how much did that have opening weekend? Let me look that up. Because yeah, pre sale tickets don't dictate, like, you know, it's, it's doing well, but projecting 170 over a four day weekend as well, uh, I don't know. It's, trust me, I think it's great. But for me, I think the movie globally is still tracking to make. I don't think it's going to bust the billion marker, that's for sure, in my opinion. And that's fine. That's fine. Like, we've said it before, the, the, the timing, everything's situational with, you know, the economy, uh, like Avengers being out there. Like, all kinds of good movies are out there right now. Yeah, you're, you might be right. I don't know. It's, it's, I think at the very least we can say it's going to be really, really close. I forget. I think last week I, I called 960, if I'm not mistaken. And I think, Carlos, you went as far as like one point something. Zero nine nine. Yeah. And Corey, you were down to like 750 to 800 million, right? Yeah, I'd say between that range. I know it's a $150 million difference, but. No, you said between 750 and 800. So there's $50 million difference. That's a, I mean, it's still a fair window, but I can see scenarios for any one of those three playing out. But. These people who make these projections, they're they're good at their jobs for a reason. And you know, if Solo does open to 170 domestically, that's you know you can double that with the international take. That that's a 300 dollar, 300 million dollar opening weekend. And then they, there's always uh, what they call the multiplier, which is you know a, a box office, a big blockbuster of this size usually makes you know whatever it is three times its opening weekend over the course of its run. You just they can apply a very simple formula to it, and they can guess with pretty decent accuracy what its final number would be. And so, yeah, I think I think Solo has a better chance at a billion than maybe I, I previously thought, just based on this report alone. I mean, I think it's awesome that it's it's tracking ahead of Black Panther. I don't know if it still is. Like I said, that report came out one night after tickets had gone on sale. So is it still the case now? You know, like two nights after. I don't know, but Carlos, what what did you think? Uh, my first reaction was uh, Star Wars fans are trying to get ahead of uh, the bad uh, comments and the bad, you know, blogs and clickbait stuff. So they they want to get ahead of it 
in the sense of like trying to make it um more a more successful venture if if you understand what i'm trying to say like they're they're, they're it's pushback against the haters of disney star wars and well, you're right that's the other side of this right but there's the whole this this very very vocal what i believe to be a vocal minority with boycotting solo and boycott disney fire kathleen kennedy like fire everybody like the, right now it doesn't look like their boycotts their threats their promises are very being very effective at all no really not and maybe they're tired I, I, it must it must be so exhausting to be such a uh this is the main show right yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it for me i just think that it's you can't live in negativity that long like i mean if you truly believe what you're saying but there are people out there that are just bandwagoners and it's tough to live on that bandwagon for months and years well just what's odd to me about this whole thing is that you know it's like you don't like it move along like Okay, yeah, I granted, like, Star Wars is a part of you, I get that, and if you feel jaded about it, like, it does hurt, I get it, but at the same time, like, the vitriol and, like, just the, the diatribe, like, whatever these, whatever they're saying, it's like, like, who are you? Like, you make the whole human race, like, so much worse, like, by the way you're speaking right now, you know, like. I love that, Corey, that's perfect. You're making the whole human race worse. I'm well, it's true. That. Like I, I'm saying, like you know, I'm talking about the the far end of the spectrum type folk. You know, the ones that uh, I don't know if you guys caught this this week, but I saw the most disgusting things posted to Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, from yeah. some sleaze, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, what a joke! Like, get over yourself, man. Like, it makes me so angry. But people like, do this it, to him all the time because because he well, not that he invites it, but when he does get it, he actually engages engages with these trolls. And fights with them for like, you know, he'll he'll go at them for a while, and it just makes that kind of it just attracts that kind of troll. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like the, the the tweet was originally like on April fourth or something. Just someone going back, digging through things, and bringing it back up when it's already been buried. Like God. No, that's that. Yeah, those types of people just they should not have. I mean, internet access more and more as we go along is becoming seen as a as a right and i agree with that but i think as today it's a privilege and some people just do not deserve the privilege of being online when they say things like that they should just not be allowed to have internet access period it's it's the worst kind of people because you know not only did uh his his father uh kill himself but like Especially in in our day and age, where we have like so many, um, you know, uh, awareness campaigns for mental illness and 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 mental health. Like, what kind of a what kind of a cave dweller are you? Like, well, that, and that's it, right? Like, there's so much focus on mental health on these these terrible diseases that affect so many people. In so many invisible and unseen ways. Like, you don't know who you're talking to on Twitter. They might seem completely normal, but you don't know what they're going through. And to just go at somebody like that and bring that up and use that as as ammo. Like, that is that is worse than below the belt. But anyway, 
Let's that's, not give that any more that attention than it needs. <laughs> yeah, that that's just scumbag level. Like, I don't even know what what like equals that besides uh, a woman who uh, who cheats on her husband. Oh, okay, yes. A, or a, a man with three kids who who cheats on his on his wife. Like that. That's the same type of garbage people. Uh, that would that would do that type of thing, and and. Yeah. Well, it's just the whole thing, man. It's just the the hurtfulness behind everything. You know what I mean? It's like, why intentionally be so hurtful? Like, anyway, whatever. Moving on. Yeah, let's move along. I I got a question for you guys regarding this whole solo movie thing. Um, I don't, I should have done my homework, but I didn't. Uh, (laughs) how is, how is this matching up in ratio in comparison to the Rogue One, uh, pre ticket sales? I believe it's ahead. And interesting. If, if That's the, interesting. If the projections, like that $170 million projection holds, um, it'll pass Rogue One's opening weekend domestically. Really? Rogue One opened to 155 domestic. Interesting. I thought it, ooh, I thought it was over 200 million. No, no. no. And it's, and it still had a, a fine box office run over a billion. It just, it just crept over a billion. And so if you, if you, not that they're always one-to-one analogs of each other, but you can use the template of Rogue One and maybe apply a lot of it to, to Solo and, and get a good figure there. So anyway, I think it's safe to say that Solo is going to do just fine. And all these people that uh, wanted to boycott Solo and end Disney's uh, ownership of Star Wars. And it looks like uh, it's not going to work out, fellas. And I say fellas <laughs> because I don't think there are any ladies on that silly bandwagon. But you know, you know what I think might be interesting. Like, let's say there's a sizable group of of guys who are checking out of Star Wars. They've had enough, whatever for whatever reason. I you know I wonder if if Lucasfilm is aware of this, and they're okay. Like they know that there's going to be some churn in the demographic of their fan base, whether it's it's uh, you know the the age groups, the makeup of that age group, uh, the the ethnicity of the age groups, and I. I got to imagine that as as people exit loudly with the boycott solo stuff, if those fans are being replaced by people who are going, I'm in. You guys are now appealing to me. And the, the, the people that are exiting are more than being replaced. It it looks that way to me. If for you, sure. If you take people at face value for, for their word that I'm never giving this this franchise another dime of my money, yet the franchise keeps doing better and better. Either either people like us are pumping more money into it, or they're recruiting new fans. I think they definitely worked it out in some kind of formula. Like I'm sure there's some kind of like cinematic formula to that. Like looking at the numbers and how things are going to progress over. Well, they can guesstimate anyhow. But uh, yeah, you can't please everyone no matter what. So I think they've come to terms with that before even starting any of these projects. Like you know, we're, we're definitely gonna we're gonna lose some here, but we're definitely gonna gain gain some as well. You know. Yeah, I think that's that's a natural part of it all. At some point, you know, we're gonna we're gonna shuffle off this mortal coil one way or the other, and they're gonna replace us with an entirely different group. You know what I mean? That's just the way it goes. So anyway, so we wait for another two and a half weeks, guys, and we'll get to cash in those those chips, go see that movie, and watch Chewbacca get mad at a hollow chest table. Okay, so let's look at we've talked about this early on, I think before the new year, 
solo, where do you think it's going to rank on an annual scale now on a top 10 kind of list? We know Avengers has already busted the billion marker globally. It hasn't even hit the Chinese market yet, which is insane. So I don't know. I'm thinking it's it's going to come in behind Black Panther for sure. Might take the three or four spot. Uh, who else can contend with it at this point? I mean, Ready Player One's gone. We've got Jurassic Park around the corner. Jurassic World, whatever you want to call it. Universe, Galaxy. Deadpool 2. Incredibles mm. 2. And don't don't sleep mm, on Incredibles true. 2. That movie is going to do really, really well. Like, I already know. Like, that's a movie that I'm taking my whole family to. And I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll all go see Solo as well. But a lot of young families are definitely going to go out to see Incredibles. You know why? Because it's going to be awesome. And Brad Bird's awesome. He is it's awesome. An, isn't it another Disney movie? Pixar, yeah. Of course. Sure. Well, there you go. It's because Disney knows what they're doing. And all these little babies. Wah. <laughs> they have a monopoly. <laughs> Not yet. They're, gi- they're giving us good stuff, man. Like, you, you could you could bash it all you want. You could talk about uh, uh, any other type of franchise, but these, they know what they're doing, and we're getting good stuff. Think about movies in the '90s compared to what we have now. Jeez, Alou. Oh, like, it's not even close. Come on, man! Like people need to like smell the smell the coffee. They need to smell like I, you know what they sh- they should have the the smelling salts. The whole box just shoved right up their nose. <laughs> oh my you ever smell you ever get a, a smelling salt you, know, you, you see nope. hockey players like before a game just sniffing the sal- smelling salts holy moly it's intense i hear oh is it ever if you were drowsy before if you weren't alert man oh man does that snap you into reality right quick yeah for sure it's, it's like three quarters cocaine or something no no <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> what are you this isn't the 80s. If it was the 80s, I'd say it'd be 100% cocaine. <laughs> Grand Fear. <laughs> Grand Fear. Oh, All right, guys, let's let's move ahead. Um, I hesitate to call this news, but, you know, since we do like to talk about anything and everything, um, let's talk about Finn growing out his hair for episode nine. Want to do that, guys? Let's, let's, let's have a little roundtable about that. Corey, I know this is something that you're probably going to want to just proclaim from the mountaintops that you called this let's let's chat about this that, that'd be nice kyle <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, I mean what else is there really to say i think to me it was pretty evident that there's going to be a time jump nothing's been confirmed yet i'm still going that route did he spoil anything i don't know he can grow his how long is he really going to grow his hair out i mean they're filming this summer right so well it doesn't really tell you the, that uh, much i mean will it be a little bit longer like will he have like the Lenny Kravitz hair or will he have like King Ezekiel hair no yeah he's going like Saw Gerrera style that makes a little it's more a... sense is the beard yeah, is, is it is it with beard that's the thing that's this is the loophole here I hope soon we start seeing him in public with like a, he's a he's gonna be a bearded charmer you think maybe he's just doing a Donald Glover impression yeah, maybe. <laughs> that does make kind of sense. Who doesn't want to be Donald Glover right now? Well, Carlos, do, does this for you? Does that? Does this confirm a time jump? Uh, no, this does not confirm a time jump 
I think logic confirms a time jump. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, we all yeah. kind of assumed that the one was coming, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't think this is like a confirmation of that. I just... It was already confirmed for you? Yeah, in my mind, it's the, it's the thing that made the most sense. I think so. 90% of fans would agree with that. Maybe maybe even more. I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time imagining him with long, long hair. I can picture him definitely more with a beard. Yeah, I, well, I guess I guess that's maybe if there's gray area. It's are you growing out your beard or are you growing out the mop on top of your head, John? What is it? It's it's I guess it's hard to say. But does this does this indicate that maybe I'll give you guys three options and you guys tell me what you think it is or maybe you think it's it's something else. So is it be, is is he growing out his hair because the resistance has gone completely underground and they're almost like homeless people at this point as they as they hide from the first order is it a disguise or has finn decided to run away like he's finally he's done it he's left the resistance he's done it and he's on his own well that one right there let's start there i think that would cause a bit of chaos among fandom you know people were griping on ryan johnson for not having followed what jj had set in front of him and I mean, it's clear Ryan Johnson, you know, he tells, I think that actually could have been a deleted scene though, where he tells Rose we're going home, you know, like in home is the rebellion. Like he, I mean, he was ready to die there on crate. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere to be honest, but uh, if he does have a beard, it demands respect. So. <laughs> All right, Corey. So what, what do you think it is? Is it, so if you're, if he's not run away, is it a disguise or is it just these guys have no time for a haircut, no place to go, and he's just he's looking scraggly because there's no no other choice? That that seems most likely. Again, if he's regal with his beard, that could be another choice. Like if he's young and is commanding a like who's left in in the resistance slash rebellion right now? Like if he's crowned one of the leadership positions, like like how can I like asking Poe like how can I? How can I command authority? Grow a beard. Okay. Like, I, I, think, I don't know. Well, that's unfair for Poe to say. He can probably grow a beard in a morning. Who Poe? Yeah. <laughs> it probably takes him about three hours to go from from spanky to full on beard. Like I'm sure I I would I would put money down on this. I have no idea if I'll ever get the answer to this, but I bet you on set he probably has to shave twice a day. <laughs> i'm not even yeah, joking just in just a, for continuity's sake please. exactly in a 12-hour yeah. shooting day i bet you he shaves in the morning and i bet you by the time you know at the you know 8 10 12 hour mark they do it again i don't know if i'll ever that's get good, the answer that's to a that. good call so what do you think carlos on the run and just no no resources to uh for upkeep or is it something else at play yeah i'm pretty sure if, if I'm pretty sure that's the reason. Uh, or Disguise maybe, works good too, or, though. Or, or maybe just the fact that as a First Order uh, Stormtrooper, he had to... You know, there was no time jump from TFA to to The Last Jedi, so uh, maybe deep down he wants to just disassociate himself from that uh, Lula Moriello George Steinbrenner. <laughs> no facial of, hair thing. No facial hair thing. No, uh, you know, we uh, things have to be done in a certain way. And maybe he's like, uh, 
I'm a rebel now. So that's true. You never see a, a lick of stubble on on Finn. He's super clean shaven. He really yeah, is. So I don't know, but I, if I had, to, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the spirit of the question and answer the question that you answered uh, that you asked, and uh, I think it's the first one. Just doesn't have time. Uh, they're 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 really like underground and uh, waiting for their shot. Well, I think that meshes well or with the whole disguise thing too. You know, if they're they're so ragtag and you know, I think they don't want to be spotted. Last photo they saw of him, here's what he looks like. Last imperial photo, like he can look very different. You know, with a bit longer hair and different facial features. So I think it's a mix of both. They both play well with one another. You know, I can see that. I can actually see them, you know, wandering through the streets of some planet, in a, a city planet type place. And you see, like, wanted posters of Finn, like FN2187, clean shaven. And, like, raggedy Finn walks by and sees a picture of himself, like, on a uh, holographic wanted poster. I could see that for sure. Hmm. And my first piece of headcanon for episode nine. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Starting early. No kidding. But yeah, um, I, I think John Boyega has been prone to a little bit of hyperbole over the course of the last couple of years. So he, when he says something like, oh, I can't wait for you to see why I'm gr- he's growing out his hair. Is it really that exciting of a reason? Like, it's got to be one of the three that I listed out. Are any of those things earth shattering? I guess leaving the resistance and striking out on his own. I guess that would be seen as mildly controversial. And the whole all-out war, lots of training to do thing. Like, all right, Johnny, like, better project in this movie. Like, Well, that's what he, he said. Like, yeah, right. So that's what he said when he was training up for The Last Jedi. And he was lifting weights and he was he was looking pretty jacked. And I think one of his comments was, Finn's not playing around anymore. Well, Finn didn't really get into a whole ton of action in, in episode eight. Not in the uh, hand-to-hand station anyway. I mean, he had his fight with Phasma, which lasted 60 seconds. But beyond that, it was flying flying the ski speeder, riding on a father. I actually enjoyed uh, Finn's fight with Phasma. Like, I, I enjoyed the, the choreography and his initial attack was actually quite, quite stunning. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was that ma- unless he was speaking specifically about that one scene that he had to really rehearse over and over and 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 all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I I liked it. I, I thought I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I'll take those little tidbits that we can run with for a little bit. Even you know, like I said, this is this. I I hesitate to call this news, but I think hey, we got a few a little bit of mileage out of it. All right, so let's let's move ahead. Well, I want to give some feedback from last week's topic, which uh, you know we we asked which two characters who have never met would you like to see meet. And we got some feedback from that. Um, Jeffrey Jedi Fish. He said he wanted to see Hondo and Chewie meet, or Hondo and Han meet, which I think would in either case would be hilarious. Um, and Stubaka said, "Is Stubaka back online? Has anybody seen him yet?" <laughs> I haven't actually. Oh, jeez. Missed that bugger. Oh dear, Stu, come back. Yeah, how, how do I? I can't sleep all at night. I don't get my good, my good night kid. <laughs> I'm getting all twitchy. We want Stu back. Twitter, give him back. 
Um, Luke, yeah, he he was he agreed with me. Luke and Ahsoka. That's that, for him. That has to happen. And he said, uh, novel backed up with an animated film, please. And I, I'd be okay with that. You, could, you know, twist my arm just gently, but I'd I'd be okay with that. And our friend Matthew Salvatore, he's got a good one. This, we slept on this one, guys. Obi Wan meeting Ray would be his choice. Now there's one. Hmm. That would be just rife with implications and wild speculation, right? It's it's. Do yeah. I know you? Do it's you know where I come from? Grandpa meeting granddaughter. Oh gee. <laughs> Check out. I knew your parents once. <laughs> oh no! Here we, here we go. Pantaloon Inferno. Here he goes. Another another generation of lying for Obi Wan. All right. So thanks, guys. Thanks for the feedback, and we will we will ask for your feedback again in our next topic right here. Uh, this week, guys, we should talk about, uh, since Infinity War is still crushing it, unbelievable pace this movie is setting. So what, what did it do this weekend? Let me back up here on Box Office Mojo. It, again, it's won the weekend. Not even close. It's it's raked in another $112 million estimated for the weekend. And that puts it, I think it's the fastest movie to a, a billion. Where's its full-on box office take here? So it's it's right now number two worldwide for 2018 at 1.164 billion, and that puts it about 170 million shy of Black Panther, and it will it will pass Black Panther I would say in the next three weeks. I don't know that it's going to catch up to Force Awakens. It might, but man, oh, it, big time! I think it's going to. You think it will? Yeah, it hasn't hit the Asian market yet, Co. Has not gone to China yet, and they're big on Marvel. Ah, you, maybe you're right. You could be right there. I get that's that's a big. This movie's wild got card. legs, man. Like, dude, it's gonna smash everything. I think this is gonna be unprecedented. It already is. Well, here's. And I think it, des- it deserves it too. <laughs> oh yeah, like there's there's no shame in losing uh, your title, your crown to to this film. None at all. Um, but here's here's a a benchmark that maybe means something. So a ten day. The ten-day total for each movie so far. So after ten days, The Force Awakens had five hundred and forty million, and after ten days, Infinity War has four hundred and fifty million. So it's uh, that's that's about ninety mil shy. I'm I'm assuming that's a domestic total. So, yeah, man, crazy though. I mean, either way, these are insane numbers. But on the heels of this movie and everything coming to to a head here for Marvel with with uh, the end of Phase Three here, I'm wondering. And of course, we've got a new era of of Star Wars movie telling storytelling coming up with uh, the guys from Game of Thrones and John Favreau and Ryan Johnson's trilogy. So I'm I'm asking you guys and everybody else listening, should they be mimicking Marvel's structure in sort of starting with origin movies, doing sequels to those, and then building up to a big event movie? What is your take on this one, Carlos? Um, I like the way Marvel handled it um, by putting everybody in kind of the same timeline. I just don't see it working with the standalones that we've got right now uh, being between episodes three and episodes four. What type of big event in that era would necessitate bringing all those characters back together, especially since they all died in Rogue One. Like what, 
how would you justify that? How I, that's my only my only question. I love what Marvel did, and I think if there was a way to do it with Star Wars um, going forward with the new stories, then I have no problem with that. But what we have so far in the standalones, I don't see how it could work. It's it's yeah. The standalones right now are all all during the Skywalker era in the timeframes that we are very familiar with. And you're right. It doesn't work. It only works. It maybe it only has the potential to work when you're starting from scratch and introducing all new characters in an all new, perhaps era of the galaxy's history. So for example, like Benioff and Weiss who have been given a series of films, whatever that means, should they, should they Marvel mimics uh, mimic Marvel structure and start with solo movies as origin stories and build towards something? What do you think, Corey? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. It really did get me thinking, to be honest, because the thing here is they got to. some. Well, they do too. Though. We've talked about this multiple times. Like, they got a loophole in order for us, in store for us here. It's something sneaky is going on. They got something up their sleeve in the sense that they didn't say we're doing a trilogy, like a trilogy. You know, it says we've got three movies coming for you, but no, this is a series of films. So everyone's still speculating. Is this? On the big screen, is it on their on-demand thing that's coming? The Disney on-demand, we don't know yet. So it's very plausible that it could be epic in scale and have many movies. And if that's the case, then you got to have a different, few different storylines driving the forward, uh, the story forward. Um, I, I got me thinking even a little deeper. Maybe not so much to the Marvel scale, but picture this, man: the blurring. We've talked about this once before, and it's a possibility, and it's supposedly it's in the works in the future for uh, networks like Netflix and whatnot. But uh, a choose-your-own-adventure type deal where, let's say, they set things up in a way where you don't know who's good or bad, right? And you, it can either be a choose-your-own-adventure or this series of films can go back and forth between one side and the other. And it's kind of up to you to decide who's on the right side. Like it's not going to be so cut and clear who the bad guy is more or less. Like you'll grow attached to both, for example, the empire and the rebellion. Like you'll have a, one season with the empire and the, you're like, man, these people really aren't that bad, <laughs> you know? And then you get to the rebellion and you see their point of view. And I think that could be pretty interesting. And can really, I don't know, uh, make for a lot of discussion and like heated discussion at that almost like. Uh, I have no doubt that type of interactive storytelling is coming. I'm sure that's that's closer than we think. I don't know that Benioff and Weiss are doing that here. I have a feeling it's going to be a classic set of movies that you go to in in the theater. That's that's my gut reaction. That's sort of a, a boring take. But I, that's what I think it's going to be. Maybe there'll be movies that will drop in the Disney streaming service, but I don't think so. I think this is something you do when you get people to come out to the tune of a billion and two billion dollars. It's just so odd to me. Like if that's if that's honestly the case, like I think it's pretty clear to me, in my opinion, that we're going to be getting two movies a year because if we have a series of films, again, that's multiple. We don't necessarily know it's a trilogy, but it seems like it's probably going to be more than that. So whatever they're building at here, it could play off some of the, the stuff that they have 
if it is on the big screen that could be playing off some of the stuff that they're going to have coming out on the on-demand thing. But at the same time, we've got Ryan Johnson's trilogy too. Is I'm going to say right around the corner, but still several years away. And so is this. So I don't know. Like it, they could possibly be play, playing in the same playground as well with Ryan at the helm, kind of building that quadrant of the universe or galaxy. Maybe. I have, I have a feeling these stories, these these trilogies, however, like however you want to build these things, I have a feeling Ryan's thing will be self-contained to his thing and Benioff and Weiss are doing their thing and John Favreau's going to do his thing. I don't know that the... I mean, there will be linkages, I think, but I don't think that one is going to depend on the other. Well, I, I agree with you. I'm just trying to, you know, provide a, a certain point of view. Well, that's why you're here. But <laughs> what what is your take specifically, though? Should they start with... I mean, think think of... I mean, we don't have to go as far as to say that they're going to do uh, 10 years, 18 movies leading up to a Star Wars event. Just think of it as sort of reduce it down to the equivalent of like Marvel Phase 1, where you got a couple of Iron Mans, you got uh, a Captain America, a Thor, and then you got the Avengers. Yeah, I don't think they'll do it up to like a Phase 4 in the Marvel style, but this whole, again, this series of films, this undetermined loophole is really leading me to believe that there is something in the works like that, you know, it can be a multitude of different things culminating in one event. And that's, that really is the, you know, the open-endedness of that or the vagueness of that, you know, series of films really is what got me thinking. And also the success that Marvel's having, like should Star Wars be kind of following along in, in those sort of footsteps? Like I, I wouldn't say no to this kind of structure for a change. Like, you know, what we have right now sort of, more closely re- resembles what DC does where they give you the big event and then they break it out into standalones, right? Like I know that uh, is DC doing that. Can we say that? Is that fair? No, not really. Right. Like we DC did, they did man of steel and then what wonder woman and Batman V Superman and then justice league. Right. Not necessarily no, in Batman versus Superman became, yeah, that's it came up before like each again like each had consequences from the last which they're all playing in the same sandbox but it's completely different but like, okay so we're getting i mean batman versus superman was wasn't an event film in itself and you can you know we could talk all day whether or not it was any good but it was sort of an event film and then wonder woman came out from that and told her origin story uh, justice league is now out and we're getting aquaman's story out of that does I mean, and I thought, you know, a lot of this is probably why DC is in a bit of a mess because they don't, they're kind of like all over the place, right? They they build up to an event and then they break it out into smaller standalones. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is, but I would not say no to what, to what Marvel is doing. If they wanted to introduce us to different characters in Star Wars, one at a time, like the, their version of Iron Man, their version of Cap, their version of insert character here and then you could see the breadcrumbs you could see the 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 larger conflict behind all of this and understand how it's all gonna all these characters will come together in an event type movie i i don't know if it works but i think the structure could it could do it what do you think carlos um i have uh i have trouble uh giving dc any type of credits because I think they they 
I think they're great comic books, but when it comes to the big screen, they... You might want to listen to the Nerd Room this week, because I actually sent in a question about this exact topic. And I don't think what they're doing is a way or is a, is a template for what Disney and Marvel are already doing. No, no, they're all over, DC is all over the place. I mean, that's, you can't argue that. No, Disney already has a template. So if they're going to use a template that's already successful for them, it's going to be in the Marvel. Yes. uh, In the Marvel. Yeah. uh, Area. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I was saying, like, like uh, a big event, then divvying it into smaller events. Like, it seems like this is. Marvel has kind of had these smaller kind of cataclysms, if you want to call it that, uh, like an ELE or event level extinct or extinction level event. They're all pretty significant, but at the same time, like now it's like a, a universal thing with the, which they've built up to. And I think that's kind of, you got to up the scale and up the scale. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, that's all part and parcel of this. Like, it would be a, a real departure for Star Wars, uh, as opposed to just getting right to the, right into the big event type thing, split out into three different chapters. A, a slow build to it, I think. I think that'd be really cool. I, I, you know, we we have enough avenues of Star Wars in the hopper now. I would say give it a shot. If you know, if you're gonna, if they're all gonna tell different stories with different characters in different times and places of the galaxy, I'd say go for it. It's it, you know it's not going to flop. <laughs> There's no way it's going to flop, and that and that's probably another reason why it's it's open ended series of films. Because if it, if on the off chance it does flop, now let's guys wrap it up. You're not going to get the rope that you thought. We're going to do this in a couple movies, and you know move along. Or maybe they just get new people to come in and, and rejig things. But I I think it's worth exploring that that template or. Do you just wait for a few years, you know, maybe a decade, and then once Kathleen Kennedy is is done and ready to take over the the world, do you let Kevin Feige come in and take over Lucasfilm? I mean, we saw him declare his love for for Star Wars, right, on the Star Wars show a couple weeks back. Imagine Kevin Feige gets his hands on Lucasfilm. Oof. Wouldn't that be something? You guys are speechless. I am like I, honestly, you just got me reeling there. I'm thinking in my head, I was like Favreau, Filoni, Feige. Like I was like, oh. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean that 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 would. I think fandom would just go com- would invert, would just completely combust. I mean, and he brings the Russo brothers with him. Oh. Or the Russell brothers. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference? Seriously. A few billion dollars. <laughs> All the success versus a complete and utter catastrophe on day one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I think it's worth a look. Um, what do you? I'm I'm very curious to know what everybody out there thinks. Um, let me know. Let us let us all know. Tag us on Twitter. Let us know in the Facebook group. Send me an email. We will uh, we'll read this on the show. All right, guys. Let's take a little break and then come back with uh, with the binary sunset. Evening chaps, another week, so another question. In light of 
the Last Jedi and all of the things we now know. What do you now think Episode Nine's title will be? So play that around, um, see what you think, have a good show, and as per usual, I will look forward to listening. Take care. Bye. All right, we had fun with this one a couple of years back with the Last Jedi. Let's see if we can uh, what we can do with this now. Thank you, ads. Hope you're doing well. I guess I, I don't know. I feel like uh, no matter what we do, we won't hit on it, but. On the other hand, it could be one that is just so simple that it's staring us in the face. Remember, like, The Last Jedi was in the opening crawl to The Force Awakens. Um, So maybe this is staring us right in the face, like I said, or it's going to come way out of left field. I don't know where you guys fall on this one, but uh, let's have at it. Corey, you got got any any titles for Episode 9? Yeah, I actually thought pretty hard about this one. But I mean, just a few joke ones right off the bat. Like, let's let's say uh, the Carrie conundrum. That uh, <laughs> that's they got their hands full with that. It's, Episode it's nine, so, the Carrie conundrum. Yeah. Or uh, how's this? The opening of the mystery box. You said you thought hard about this, right? Yeah. Well, this is my, you know. <laughs> man. Okay, so. What it boils down to, I don't know. Like, I really started looking at words. I, I busted out the thesaurus and everything for this ads. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't want to use the word force. You know, we got the force awakens. I didn't want to double up in a saga or in a trilogy. But uh, I was looking at words like light, dark, harmony, return, spark, and merge, uh, balance, restitution. So I was thinking inferno or bound or... So let's let's go with this. Embers of the Bound or Embers of the Inferno. So like the embers kind of represent the spark and the fallout from the war and Skywalker spark like reigniting the, the passion of the galaxy and this you know, we could be in a all out galactic civil war again by the time we, we get back into things, right? It might not just be that ragtag group. Maybe it, it is full on war between planets because they have kind of got out their their own bridge or transmission and reignited that that flame right and bound inferno you know it's kind of like it's a pledge to the end there it's like an obligation constraints it's like i don't know all that working together i think makes a lot of sense for the movie although i don't think that's going to be the title (laughs) well there's i mean there's a couple ways to look at it right like we've we've already heard a couple of reports i think john boyega said that episode nine is going to be all out war now does that mean it's going to be two hours of of epic war as this thing comes to an end or is it does it pick up where like first order has has taken over they there's i mean there's there's what there's there's no republic fleet there's 12 resistance members left or thereabouts and some allies in the outer rim that didn't answer the call so i mean there's really nothing to resist the first order so do we pick up episode 9 with the first order kind of like almost like the empire with a complete iron grip on the galaxy. Well, I don't know. I think broom boy, Ryan Johnson has kind of left the breadcrumb for JJ in that sense. Like, you know, like, like Luke, what he did, like news of what he did. It's, it's going to spread throughout the galaxy and hopefully like wildfire, like Ezra did in spark of spark of rebellion. Or, yeah. Spark of rebellion. Yeah. 
Yeah, so something like that, you know, where people start rising up as well. So it's not like that. That's where the whole big, big, big war comes in, you know. Yeah, uh, Carlos, how do you see this? Um, I have five potential titles. Wow. So um, I'm going to go from five to one. So at number five, I have a balance restored. And number four, I have the lost redemption. Did you mean last? Like surpass? No. No, the lost redemption. Uh, Number three, I have a final lesson. I like that one. Uh, At number two, I have the new republic. The new, new republic. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) New Republic the new, squared. The newer Republic. <laughs> and my my top one is The Jedi Rises. Yeah, I mean, those... That's the thing when you do these, right? Like, there's... They, they, all the titles are kind of hokey. But when you, when you do your own, you're like, well, that's hokey too. And it could work. It's 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 yeah. It's a tough exercise. It really is. I mean, it's, it seems simple. It's not. Oh no, it's 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 very hard, and uh, I don't want to admonish ads, but uh, the the questions keep coming, and they keep putting us. <laughs> <laughs> the, the questions keep putting us. We have to pretzel ourselves around. It's it's very hard. Like I like the new republic i like a final lesson the jedi rises was a nod to the dark knight rises yeah um yeah Yeah, it also emulates return of the jedi as well yeah exactly because when you think of the the trilogy enders revenge of the sith return of the jedi they kind of spoil the ending right yeah pretty much i don't think they're gonna do that this time i think we're just in it we're in a different era we're in a completely different era where we demand it's weird we like we demand to be spoiler free yet we thirst for any news that we can get it's it's a weird weird time to be a a movie fan so if they come out and it's like uh uh the force rebalanced is the title well great now we know how it works like now we know the forces at the end of it is is brought into balance thanks a lot jj like <laughs> Like we kind of know what's going, we we believe strongly that it's going there anyway, right? But uh, with like, would you want an end like a title that spells out the ending for you? It's got to have something to do with it, but uh, yeah, definitely. I don't want something like Return of the Jedi or something like that. I want something that's kind of ambiguous still. Like like the last Jedi did a pretty good job of that. Force Awakens too is pretty good at that, but that was pretty more a little more self-evident. Like something like here's a couple of this these ones sound straight out of the EU. Uh Fate of the Force. Mm. You know, Fate of the Force, I could I could see it, I suppose, but it doesn't tell you which way or the other. What is the Fate of the Force? It's a question. Same with Legacy of the Force. You know, that that also plays off at different different angles. Um, so I, another one, another one that I had was Rebellion Reborn, which plays off mm. of what Luke says in the in the Last Jedi, which would not be something 
out of line with what they're already doing. Like I said, like the last Jedi was pulled right out of the, the, the crawl for the force awakens. So it wouldn't be crazy that they use something directly from the last Jedi for the crawl in episode nine or the title of the movie. Like is rebellion reborn too much of a starting point for it to be the trilogy closer? Yes. Yeah, I think I agree. Now that I'm thinking about that, um, and of course, something that you said, like I have fate of the force and legacy of the force. I didn't want to do that, but I mean, this the force is the big deal here, right? Like, are we gonna? How how is the force gonna feel once we're done with this? The feelings of the force, force feels. How about that one? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like. I like we you guys are all on the same page though. Like the restitution, kind of like a balance, like a return. Just obviously, we all were on the same page in that regard. Like, do you want it? To, like, do you want it to like when we learn the title, whether it's end of this year or next year? Well, no, I, I know what you're. I know where you're getting here. Like, you, do you want it to be like that Return of the Jedi, where you know if it's going to be like you kind of get the ending before you know? But no, I don't. Like that's why. Like I chose like. And looking at my answer, I guess I don't anyhow. Like embers of the bound, it's you don't know what's gonna happen. Like it's like anything can happen. Who's bound to what? And you know. And that, and that's where I was going with fate of the force, which I think is, if I had to rank the ones I came up with, that's my probably my favorite one. I like alliteration. Call me Stan Lee, but uh, yeah, fate of the force. You know, with the force being being the big deal. And you know, it poses more of a question than answer. I I kind of dig that one. It's a really this is a tough game, man. Like we try this for episode eight. I think we all whiffed big time. Kind of, yeah. I should have picked up on my own, uh, my own thing when we wrote we wrote our own crawls for episode eight, right? And I ended mine. Which with were a good, dot, by dot, the dot. way. I, I still yeah. say we our crawls were good. We we have to do this for nine. For sure. But like my last three words of my crawl were it was something about finding Luke and the lost Jedi, not the last Jedi. I didn't mean surpass, like it was the lost Jedi. And I should have just picked up on set on that and named that. Or I don't know. It would have been pretty close. It was pretty One close. One vowel away. Yep. Like that poor sap on Wheel of Fortune that was just one vowel off and then hands it over <clears> to the next guy who's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good exercise. It's it's something that, uh, again, everybody, if you if you want to participate in this, have some fun. Maybe you maybe it will be you. You'll be that guy who gets to have your tweet dug up, you know, in, in a year from now saying this guy called it. What a genius. That's that's yeah. fun, though. Yeah. Fortune um, and glory, baby. Maybe that's the title. <laughs> all right ads thank you sir i hope did we get do you think we got anything out of that like do you think we're at all somewhat close or is it just going to blow us blow our minds like we're, we're completely way off here if um if the title if i nailed the title out of the five that i chose I'll be extremely disappointed because it took me about six <laughs> minutes to write that. I, I thought <laughs> pretty hard about mine. I thought pretty hard about mine, especially like the breakdown of both embers and bound. But I, I really don't think that uh, 
that's going that route. Cool those embers, huh? Yeah, embers bound too. It's pretty interesting if you like do the thesaurus thing, man. A lot of isn't embers maybe too origin story too, like too close to the beginning? Like it's something that is smoldering before it blows up. Like shouldn't if if, if embers were going to be like embers of the force should have been the force awakens. Nah, no embers are like the fallout from the fire. It's like the end of its life cycle, kind of. Yeah, okay. I, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure I'm with you on that one. But uh we're done with this game. Ads. That was fun, man. Let us know what you think. Let us everybody else. Come on, chime in. Let's have at it. I won, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check in with Bradley. Some classic Bradley banter here. Let's hear what he's got to say. Hey guys, Bradley here with this week's Star Wars question. But before I get to my question, let me answer your question that you sent out on your uh, Patreon message about how many tickets do we plan on buying, how many times do we plan on going to see Solo, and just basically what our plans are. So that Friday morning, I woke up about 4 o'clock. Um, I had plans on going into work early, so uh, I got up early and checked my phone before I left the house uh, to see if... Uh, Tickets were on sale yet, and sure enough, they were. So I uh, bought 15 tickets uh, to go to AMC to see Solo on that Thursday night. Uh, I was the first one to buy tickets for that particular theater, and so I got the best seats in the house, uh, three rows deep of five, and uh, so that's going to be perfect. And then I turned around and got on Alamo Draft House. Uh, website and bought eight tickets there um, for a Saturday showing. So 23 tickets altogether. Um, plan on seeing it twice the opening weekend, and uh, you never know. I might see it some more after after a couple of viewings. Um, plan on taking uh, Thursday night's group is is mainly f uh, families going. So these are. Uh, three four different families going and then uh on saturday it's more or less like uh there's a couple guys and then uh, uh three couples that i plan on going to alamo draft house we've been wanting to go see a star wars movie there for a while and just our schedule hasn't worked out but uh, it looks like it's going to work out this time so we're all super excited super pumped to go see this movie um and to see it there it's i've never been to an alamo draft house i've never been to uh you know one of these real fancy theaters and so i'm really looking forward to it uh to going and having uh having a good meal having a few drinks and just kicking back and enjoying this movie again because i know i'm gonna like it the first time uh and i'm gonna like it even better the second time so that's what we've got going on that's what we plan on doing down here in dallas texas um, I'm getting really excited about this movie just with every, uh, trailer and TV spot that comes out that I, that I run across. Um, I, I just have a, have a good feeling about this. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right. So my, uh, question this week is nothing flashy, nothing fancy. It's kind of a, it's kind of a boring question, but I'm kind of curious. Um, how many people listen to your podcast? Um, do you have uh, some software or does iTunes provide you with 
this type of information. Um, I'm pretty sure you you know how many times your podcast has probably been downloaded, um, but do you know episode by episode how many people listen um, uh, and for how long they listen? Um, I'm kind of curious, uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes type question on uh, your particular podcast. Um, so if you've got that information, if you know that information, uh, that'd be kind of cool to hear, to find out how many people actually listen to the Tumbling Saber, the best podcast in the Star Wars realm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's my question this week. Uh, hope you guys are starting to warm up up there. Uh, it's starting to get warm down here. It's uh, starting to feel like summer, but uh, I know the weather kind of takes a little bit longer to warm up uh, up in Canada. Hopefully you guys have thawed out and... Uh, you're feeling more like a spring. But uh yeah, guys. Y'all have a great podcast. Y'all have a great weekend. Great week. And may the force be with you. Bye. Well, Bradley, thank you for those kind words. I have to say, Bradley, your solo plans are super awesome. And I had to listen to your your voice clip probably about I don't know, at least five times. Cause I was super curious what you're saying about this. Alamo Draft House, like that sounds like a brewery, brewery of some type. Well, yeah, I I really want to know about this Alamo Draft House thing. Like, I didn't look it up, and I probably should. I should probably do that right now, but I'm not going to. My <laughs> guess is originally that, isn't it like just like one of those movie places where you, like it's it's like a luxury movie theater where it's it's not like you jam in like sardines. You get like leg room and you get to eat and watch the movie. Is that what goes on there? I guess it's something like that. I saw a friend of mine out in Toronto uh, post something like that, where he basically he was pretty much in like a couch, like burger, beer, while the movie was playing. I was like, what? Yeah, they had a place like that. And um, I have family in Massachusetts. And uh, it was a place called Chubby's. And like everybody um, had their own, uh, uh, the recliner, what's that called? Lazy boy, Ooh. and they they brought you food and uh, and drinks, served alcohol. It was it was a cool place. As you watched yeah. the movie, yeah, yeah. This is it. This all kind of clicked. That's the dream. It all kind of clicked for me. Like like I was like, that's why I had to listen to it so many times. Like originally, like I was like, I heard Draft House right away, and I was like, Draft House. I was like, beer, and I was like, what did he say originally though? I heard Animal. Animal Draft House. I was like, this place sounds nuts. And then I was like, Alamo. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like monkeys <laughs> swinging from the ceiling. There's goats and chickens as you watch the movie. Well, I had, to, I don't know, like it just reminded me of like Animal House almost. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I did what I said I wouldn't do, and I looked it up. It's, uh, it, it's exactly that. It's one of these awesome places where you get to eat while you watch your movie and drink. Wearing beer. a toga. 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 And they have they had these they had awesome glasses beer glasses for the Last Jedi and they have a, a nice set for Solo as well, really cool. Or maybe it's one glass I'm looking at here, just three three different uh, looks at it. Really cool, Bradley. Get your hands on one of those. So yeah, you know what's crazy though? Like Bradley laying out all of his plans for Solo, um, and and as as he's doing, I'm like, yeah, like okay, yeah, 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 and I'm like doing the equivalent of in my mind of what we're gonna do. Like we plan these things out, these Star Wars movies, more carefully 
than holidays. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's amazing or if we are just completely whack. Like, where are our priorities <laughs> in this world that we're, we are this meticulous about Star Wars and planning a movie outing? This is what we do with our time? Should we be proud of ourselves or just, I don't know. <laughs> my, my wife would definitely say no. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, she probably would. Um, I don't know. Okay, so Bradley's question was, was about uh, listens to the show. How many people listen? And there's there's really no cut and dry answer to the question. And truthfully, I don't understand how a lot of the numbers are arrived at. Uh, the simplest answer is on any given show, anywhere from like three to seven, eight hundred people listen. And I don't know, like from week to week, uh, I I don't know what makes something more listenable or more popular that week than any other. It, it's really tough to say. Uh, like this year alone in 2018, we've been with three different podcast providers like we started the year with libsyn who were great um and then we moved over to podbean and then uh, mark had sort of whipped up the the the, uh, the deal for the commonwealth at blog talk radio and each one like has yielded different numbers you would think there'd be some sort of consistency between the three but there's it's it's not it hasn't been the case really um so that they must either were wild fluctuations in number of people listening or every provider has a different way of measuring the results and i so they some people will try to tell it tell you how they get come to it i don't understand it i've stopped trying to understand it um it's it's complicated is <laughs> sort of the uh i guess the 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 simplest way to put it it's 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 not that easy to come to a, a good number because there's so many factors involved and everybody just wants to know, like, how many people are listening to my show? It's, it's, I don't know that you'll ever get the clearest answer. Um, like one thing I noticed a while back, and I mentioned this to a few guys uh, in the Commonwealth who do podcasts. I'm like, guys, I've noticed that the longer my show is, the more listens we get, which made no sense to me because, like, the conventional wisdom is a podcast should be. Like some people say it should be a half hour, but really the the consensus is a podcast should be about an hour. And so if, if our podcast was sometimes two and a half times that amount, why were those among our most popular shows? And it was consistent. Like the longer it was, the more listens, the more downloads it got. It didn't make sense to me. Um, so, you know, like I'd be paying attention to you know emails I get from the, my podcast host, newsletters, stuff like that, and digging around the internet, Googling, trying to come to some frustrating answer. And like, so for simplicity's sake, um, let, let's just say like a one-hour show is delivered to your device, your computer, your phone, your iPad in one, one sort of chunk. There's a term for it. I forget what it is. But let's say your one-hour show is delivered in one file that would be like one download but our two and a half hour show could have been sort of segmented into three bursts so like one show one person could represent three downloads to your show you know what i mean does that make any sense yeah yeah for sure I, yeah, i've heard i've heard all this behind the scenes uh bradley like uh like just part of like 
the discussion group for like the Commonwealth people talking about this, like some people take it, the numbers for what they are. And, and we, we on Kyle anyhow has been extremely skeptical and for just reason, like, uh, you know, me, I, I'm absolutely like ecstatic and super grateful for every single listener that ever takes a shot at our show. Super happy about that. Like anyone out there, if you're listening, if you haven't chimed in, like, please do like, we love to know that you're actually out there. So in my head, personally like aside from the powerful friends like it's all russian bots <laughs> but you, you know look where you mentioned the word skepticism i am skeptical and cynical to a fault sometimes i know that you know some healthy skepticism is is a good thing not to believe everything you're you you see and read um but the, the, okay there was this practice that i did early on in our podcast which i noticed drove up our downloads immensely almost at will and so it what it was was taking the URL of our episode name. So it would be at, at the time it was like libsyn.com slash a bunch of gibberish characters. And then the final seg part of the URL was like say episode 50.mp3. So if you t if I took that link and tweeted it, every time I would tweet that link, like there's literally bots on the web, like crawling Twitter, crawling Google, crawling all over the web, looking for these links and it hits the link. There's a download. It's like this automated software bot hits your link and gives you a download. And so, you know, at, at the, like, as I'm doing this, I, I don't know this is what's going on. Seriously. I, like, I had no clue. I just noted that the more I tweeted the link, the more my downloads went up. And I, I was like, is it simply that people are seeing the link and they're listening? Cool. But then I, after a while, I was like, well, it's funny because nobody chimes in. Nobody's interacting, but yet my numbers are going through the roof. Like now I'm like, I'm talking like a couple of shows early on. We're in, into like 900 to a thousand downloads, even a little bit more than that. It's like, wow, this is incredible. Like, all I have to do is keep tweeting the link and people listen. Yay. But the skepticism part in me like kicked in and I asked my provider, I said, what's the deal with this? Like every time I tweet this link, I get downloads. Like, can you look at my, can you look into my back end, my, my stats and tell me if you see anything that's a red flag to you. And they came back to me and they said, Nope, looks all good. It's really hard to tell. And there's nothing out of the ordinary with your numbers. Okay. I guess I'll keep doing it. And I was still skeptical about it. I should have listened to my intuition. I should have stopped doing it because it didn't make sense to me. But I kept doing it for a while and I was really, really religious about it. Like I was, It was like every three to four hours I was tweeting a link 24-7. I would program, uh, I would schedule tweets to go out. And um, like our numbers were doing fine. But interaction, listener interaction was still f like relatively flat. Like we had all the people that are, you know, many of them that are still with us now were with us then and happily interacting with us and that's it was amazing but no new people were coming out of the woodwork and you would think that just from sheer percentages somebody would have come out and said yeah i'm listening to your show thanks a lot but that wasn't happening as much as you'd think given given the huge boost in numbers so finally you know i was one day i was poking around the web and i find a video and it's from people at my podco podcast host an in-person sort of uh 
knowledge session. He was presenting to a bunch of people. And he's talking about the exact thing that I described to them with skepticism, tweeting the link multiple times, the direct URL. And he gave it a name, Twitter bombing. And I'm like, dude, I asked you this question. Why didn't you just tell me this? Like, you clearly knew. And I don't know if it was just like, they let that go because A, they can't prove it. Or it's, you know, something. And again, here's another dose of skepticism. If if I'm, as a podcaster, see my numbers going up, I'll be happy. Right? I'd say you're totally playing on people's egos. Like, you're out one night with your friends. How many listens do you get? Yo, I had like 5,000 listens the other day, you know, like. Exactly. So like someone, a, a podcaster with a lot of listens will be a happy customer and they won't ask questions. Well, I ask questions. I, I asked a lot of stupid questions, but I want answers. And they just said, no, nah, it's all good. Don't worry about it. So but at that, but at that point, I went, went, the minute I saw that video, I went into my Twitter and I, I took all the tweets out that were scheduled to go out. I said, this is done. This is these numbers that we've had since the beginning are pretty much crap. I do not have any faith in them whatsoever. And sure enough, I remember all of this. Yeah. The minute I stopped doing that, our numbers tumbled, I would say like 80% to a number that made a lot more sense. And we were back down to like a couple hundred listens. Now it kind of makes more sense. But it was so deflating at the time. I remember Kyle was texting us, uh, James and I at the time, the numbers are like this, this is really working. And, but Kyle, the whole time was very, again, like, you, I'm so proud of you, bro. Like, you're the man for stuff like that. Well, I, like I sniff out BS quite quickly. But yeah, I, went, you, I went along with it. I, 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 I was I letting trusted it. in these people saying, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I was letting it get to my head too, man. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I can't believe it. Like, it makes so much sense. We're doing such a good job. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I, was, I was really angry about that. And again, like I said, I, I, I stopped. Our numbers fell. But... But our engagement didn't drop, which is, that's the important thing. And that's the part I keep needing to tell myself, even to this day. It's, I don't care about the number anymore. Like, I'm just going to skip to the end. I don't look at my stats that often anymore. Like, I look once a week. Like, when I go to upload a new show, I'll check in to see how last week's show went. Oh, okay. This week did really well. Okay, last week's show. Actually, episode 124 was probably our lowest in a while. (gasps) <gasps> oh my god but i think episode like 122 or 123 was gangbusters like it, it was our highest since we we switched over to blog talk radio and again no real reason for that i don't understand anyway um I, like i said all that to say I'm, I'm paying a lot less attention to stats now like it's important to know where you're at so you can determine what works and what doesn't in terms of growth but I, I, you can, and I did drive myself nuts for a while. So uh, I went kind of cold turkey on the whole fixation on numbers thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been talking for a while now. Carlos, do you have anything? You're, you're a podcaster. Yeah. So um, in my in my case with my uh, my podcast host, uh, it's, uh, I'm with Spreaker right now, and the numbers I was getting. Um, from Spreaker were just the downloads from the site itself had nothing to do with the iTunes link. So uh, I really wasn't able to put a finger on it. And 
uh, it, it's hard, to, you know, um, not what's the word I'm looking for, not justify, but uh, it's hard to uh, wrap your head around whether people like it or not if you don't get any emails. I used to get at uh, Thinking Out Loud podcast mail at gmail.com the longest email of a show ever. <laughs> uh, and it was done on purpose. But um, I used to get tons and tons of emails. But nothing I could ever use on the show. Oh, man. So it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, people pretty much, uh, you know, agreeing with something I was ranting about or, oh, dude, you're, uh, this and this and this was really funny. And it's like, okay, but you're not asking me any questions. Like, I can't really bring the emails to the show. And I, I used to respond to uh, to everybody that, that emailed in. Uh, and sometimes I would, you know, email them directly and ask, is there a topic you want me to hit? You know, that type of stuff. Uh, because they were probably too shy to write in, um, you know, themselves. Well, yeah, it's there's that old rule, right? And I, and I don't know if it still applies. I think times have shifted and people are more likely to participate now. But it's, I think, ugh, boy, what's the number now? 90% of people are sort of passive and just consume. And then yeah. like a few more percentages will engage with the creator. And then like even an even smaller number. So like 2 or 3% will actually become creators themselves. I think that's shifted. I think the number of creators has grown a lot. And I, think, I believe so too. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean like the a podcast now is like a blog eight years ago. Like everybody Pretty has much. a podcast now. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually, it's actually great, but like everybody has a podcast. They're so easy to, to get off the ground and manage. Um, that's, that's again, one of the reasons I'm so thankful that we have like any listeners whatsoever. So Oh yeah, there's so many. There's literally hundreds of Star Wars podcasts. It's 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 a bit of a miracle that people choose to spend time with us at all. It's it's crazy. I love it. Um, I had an, another thing. Oh yeah, like and some like some people who do tweet that link, like when they report if they ever mention their numbers, I immediately don't believe them. And not because I think they're a bad person. It's either they don't know, or they're happy living a lie. Either way, I, I don't believe your numbers are, are legit. Like I know of, of a couple of podcasters who opened up, not Star Wars podcasters, um, opened up multiple Twitter accounts with no followers, no, no followings, just silent Twitter accounts, just so they can tweet out the direct link. Just flood Twitter with that direct link to nobody so the bots would hit it and drive up their numbers so that they can then turn around and give a, a bloated download number to an advertiser. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what a, what a terrible terrible game that is. That ruins podcasting for everybody. Like if if kind it, of it really does. It makes podcasting as a medium uh, super unreliable because that advertiser who goes, "Wow, that guy's getting fifty thousand downloads for a show." Man, I'll for sure. I'll you know I'll put in a couple hundred bucks a month for that with this guy to to pump my thing. But the the thing the thing with that is that you get found out quite quickly when there's no conversion on their exactly um, yeah the, the, so you're not you're not getting um, the the clicks back for the websites that you're 
uh, quote unquote sponsoring. No, what you need and, is for you, you, whatever small audience you do have, like you, you, everybody has some size of audience. You need that audience to absolutely jump on your advertiser. Yeah. Because let's say uh, somebody decides to sponsor uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Like when that podcast comes out, the advertiser actually sees a bump and hits to their website. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of, of listens to that, right? Even, like, so even a small percentage goes over and clicks on the advertiser. They'll, they'll see a couple thousand people that, that day. Oh yeah. Big time. And I used to get uh, good emails from the people over at uh, MeUndies because even though they weren't really uh, sponsoring the show with a dedicated amount of money, um, I, they gave me my own link to to put on uh, my Facebook page or on Twitter, and there was conversion from that. So I, I have tons. I still have tons of store credit at MeUndies, but like, how many how many pairs of underwear do you need? You know, hey, if it's MeUndies uh, underwear, you, you oh, they're re- they're really good. They're, they're awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, modal, 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 modal. No, they're they're awesome underwear. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Moving well, on. No, they they really are. They really are, uh, and they're a good company too. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I, I agree with you, man. It's um, I I looked at you know some of my downloads from Spreaker now, and they're nothing compared to what they were. Uh, at the beginning of 2016 and um like everybody's tightened up their belts a little bit i think a lot of people a lot of i think every podcast provider has learned how to filter out a good chunk of bots like they've all changed their algorithms they've learned how to recognize the the low-hanging fruit bots and filter those out of your numbers yeah that, that's that's what i'm hoping but the thing what with spreakers they when I started with them, um, I was new to their platform, so I'm sure they they published or they they showed that I had created a new podcast, and a lot of people uh, who normally would not have seen uh, my podcast saw it in their feeds because that that exists as well, depending on the the service provider that you you know that you that you use, right. So and and it's the same thing that we talked about before. Like, um, you know, they want you to be happy with their service, so that you continue podcasting, so that they can make more money every month. Sure. So there's a, there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, in the end, yeah, you gotta, you should know your audience size, but there's, yeah, don't fixate on it. Yeah, I wouldn't even say know your audience size you should get to know your audience yep yeah it's absolutely that's powerful powerful friends versus russian bots no contest it's funny though like in in our first the first episodes like episode one i remember after we launched it and like at the end of the day i was like oh let me check and i i'd come home from work and i'd log in six downloads i was like oh i look at my wife and go six people listen to us today I haven't heard from any of them, but six people heard my show. I was one of them. Five people heard my show. <laughs> exactly. I was one of them. 
yeah, it was probably all friends, you know? And then, you know, the second day it was like four and then two. And then, well, for a couple of days, nobody downloaded. And I was like, oh man. But you know, the week after a, f- a few more people and a few more people. And before long, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're up and running. And the thing is, is that if the quality of your podcast is good, you're going to attract good, uh, not, not, not patrons, but listeners. So it, it, what goes around usually comes around and the quality cream rises to the top. So yeah, just, I say, if you won't think about starting a podcast, uh, maybe for Bradley or anyone else, uh, the key is consistency. And that's the, the one thing that Kyle, uh, well, Kyle's a lot better at a lot of stuff than I am, but, uh, <laughs> but for that, I would say consistency and, uh, positivity are, are, are keys to being I couldn't agree podcast. with you more there, Carlos. Honestly, like early, early on when the podcast first started, like episode six was my first episode. And I was like, I was like, what the hell, man? Like, it's just a douche. Like, why don't you ask me on the show? And he's like, you can do, uh, Rebels talk. That's what you're good for. I was like, what do you mean? We grew up. I, I love Star that you're giving man. me the George Lucas voice. This, this is yeah. <laughs> It's your baby. Like, trust me, I was super on board. I was like, I can't believe Kyle is doing this, man. Like, how can he? I was actually kind of like, why would he not have asked me? But obviously, you, you know, you didn't have the faith in me. But since then, like, I have not missed one day of work, man. I don't want to call it work, actually. Like, I have not missed one podcast. Like, Anyway, whatever. You're you're a better man than I am, Corey. Hey, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's something I look always look forward to. No, me too. Honestly, like uh, even just jumping on with um with the set disturbers was already like, oh yeah, and then getting on the you know just being here uh, week after week and answering the listeners' questions is like. Sorry, it's it's just a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. So anyway, there so, you go. There's uh, that's that's the long and short of it, Bradley. It, <laughs> it's not there is no answer, and it's it's anywhere from a couple hundred to several hundred people listen. I think I think a lot of people would probably tell you the same. I don't know. Either way, good question. It gave us a little bit of. Uh, Avenue to to uh, lift the curtain a bit and and yeah. wax, wax nostalgic for a bit. All right, so let's check in with Metal Mando. Hey guys, Jeff here from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. So the last time I watched the Last Jedi, I heard a really cool sound effect. So it got me thinking, what are my favorite sounds in Star Wars? So I wanted to ask you guys the same question: What are your favorite sounds, sound bites, sound effects? Maybe uh. A noise sound that a droid makes, uh, you know, like a non-human speaking droid, just a sound they might make in all the Star Wars movies. And uh, you know how our binary sunset contributors, we just love to rank stuff. So here we go with the next one. So really quick, my top five sounds of Star Wars is gonk, gonk. No, but, but seriously, guys, uh, my, my top one is the TIE Fighter, just iconic. I love everything Imperial, and that that is by far my number one, which leads me to my next one. The AT-AT gears on the legs, how they just have that slow grind, that, just that awesome noise they make. And uh, another one, uh, actually from the prequels, is the seismic bombs that come out of Jango Fett's ship. How they uh, just kind of have that silence right before it kind of rips through those uh, 
asteroids, I don't know if you call them, call them space rocks, who knows. And the next one is Kylo Ren's lightsaber when it ignites. Kind of has that really crazy rumble, like a little bit out of control compared to normal lightsabers. Very cool. And uh, the one I mentioned when I was watching Last Jedi, that noise when that dreadnought comes out of hyperspace and makes that crazy intimidating noise for the first time you see it early in the movie, that's really impressive to me. I love that. So really quick, guys, this week, what are your top five sounds in all of Star Wars? Can't wait to hear your answers. And for this week, guys, I'm the Metal Mando, and I am out of here. Bye. All right, Jeff. On the topic of Star Wars sounds, I, I wanted to look up which episode it was that we did this particular topic. Uh, I, it could have even been a Sith Disturbers before that became a patron exclusive. Um, I'll, I'll try and find it, and I'll, and I'll get back to you on that. But we did talk about most iconic Star Wars sounds. And then you put TIE Fighter in there. There's somebody here on the line that, that boy, oh boy, he did not like the sound of that. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like the sound of that. It's that, listen. Oh, TIE Fighter, here he goes. It's very, it is a very iconic sound. But I, I had something set in my mind that the question was, Kyle had posted a poll. And I can't remember the choices. It was like lightsaber, this, that, and the other. But he, like, with the four limited choices that you had, he had put lightsaber. And I was like, hmm. So when I'm thinking in a poll on such a grand scale like that, this survey, I was thinking more something that's more easily recognizable to the common folk, like uh, something that's more ubiquitous. So I've come more now to appreciate that Personally, people can take that as more iconic than other sounds for themselves. But in the terms of everything, when I, I was speaking on a more ubiquitous level, like if you hear TIE Fighter sound versus R2, for someone who's never really seen Star Wars or barely knows Star Wars, they're going toward R2. I'm sorry. Like that was my whole argument. And it was all about drinking Drano and things got crazy. And <laughs> You're still wrong, though. But it's okay. We... <laughs> We love your opinion. Okay, well, you're drinking Drano, Candido. If you're thinking R2 is not more iconic than a Tie Fighter, well, that, that was it, right? Like we had we had a poll, and it it was ranking like four iconic Star Wars sounds. I forget which ones they were, but it was like lightsaber, Chewie's howl, um, R2, and a Tie Fighter. And no, I think uh, you're missing. No, I think it was excluding Vader's. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, we may have left that off the list. So whatever, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was definitely lightsaber, um, chewy, R two and Tie Fighter. Was that it? Yeah, I, I believe can't so. remember. And Tie Fighter beat out R two in the poll, and you just because could not right handle answer. that. <laughs> I, 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 no, I still can't handle it. I actually, uh, I ran a secondary poll probably about six months later. I had planned it out. I had someone else run the poll. It was like the Star Wars poll guy. Anyhow, it was a whole thing, man. So my answer why the TIE Fighter was more iconic was because there have been other droids in other movies and that type of sound, uh, that beeping and booping, is not... Uh, exclusive? Exclusive to Star Wars. That was my answer. But that the TIE Fighter sound, you can you'll never find that in another movie. Mar, mar, that, mar. Was, mar, mar. that was that was the reason why I 
I said it then, and the same, the you know, it's the same reason why I believe it now. Um, and it was a running joke on the show for practically a year, so that's cool. It still is, man. It still is. All right, well, Carlos, let's do this quickly. Uh, run down your list of this is favorite Star Wars sound. So this could be anything. It doesn't have to be iconic. It can just be anything in Star Wars. Uh, my favorite. Uh, so I'll give you like uh, I'll give you three. Uh, the at at uh, crunching away on Hoth yeah. for me is one of my favorite sounds. Like that industrial. Yeah. Uh oh. Sound. Conline crush. Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, there's uh, the TIE Fighter. And another sound, like the lightsaber. That sound is so cool. There's just... It, it's it's low-hanging it, it, fruit. It's magical. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's just fantastic. Coolest weapon bar none ever created on, in any medium ever at any point in history. The lightsaber. Nothing is cool. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. That's arguably number one. From any standpoint. Well, Corey, run down your list. Did, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is your list like 20 items long? No, there's there's more than five, but I can run some off really quick. Like, gotta give props to the Wilhelm. Tauntauns. Come on. <laughs> like, so good. The the range of blasters, man. From like Hera's, that was like a little ping ping. To like Zeb's uh, bow rifle. Chewie's bowcaster, like. So many cool sounds in that regard. Pew, pew! Yeah. Lightsaber, definitely number one. Jeff, Metal Mando, you're my boy. Gonk, you get it, bro. <laughs> Gonk. Uh, totally on the same page again with Jeff in the sense the seismic, uh, seismic bombs from uh, Django. Oh, yeah. I'll never That'd forget cool. that, man. Dude. Where Kyle's working now, I used to work there way back in the day on the docks, like shipping and stuff like that. Like in my, well, I'd finished college and it was like a, the, between college and university. So anyhow, I'm there and I saved up all kinds of money and I bought this sick sound system for the time. Anyhow, so it was in storage for my parents had moved away and I had finally moved out on my own and I finally set up this sound system, right? And the first scene I instinctively went to was the seismic bombs. And my landlord came running down like, brah, like we're under attack pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) No, bro, come sit down. Come check this out. But that uh, landlord of yours was special, though. That guy was really special. He was on all kinds of. uh, Yeah. Pharmaceuticals. No, he was no, no. I don't want to say that. Like, I would say more from. He's not listening. No, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go there because I knew the guy. Like, he was definitely. <laughs> ah, whatever. He. He had an interesting Man. life, but it, I won't. It was more medically prescribed. Like, he wasn't like a crackhead. You know what I mean. <laughs> The the, the uh, one thing the the only thing I I would argue about that that sound, um, is from a Spider-Man Two, uh, from the original from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans with uh, Alfred Molina as Doc uh, Doc Ock, when they're um, uh, they're they're trying to create that mini sun, and mm-hmm. you you get those four beat. I had the surround sound. 
uh, during at the time, and uh, you get those four beams, pew 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 pew, and it's you get that rumble. I think it, it it's equal to those blasts from Attack yes. of the Clones. Yeah, something like that. And it was, it was just was so good awesome. to like demonstrate the the sound system, you know. All right, one one little one here, like I, don't know, I just gotta throw it out there. It won't necessarily be my favorite, but come on, Empire Vader in his hyperbaric chamber. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, like ice cream cone head, just a like the thunk, and then the yeah, squeal, that... the vacuum seal, like yeah, yeah. Well, and there's so many like in universe sort of like atmospheric sounds that make Star Wars like f- give it that lived in feel like anything from like the sounds going on in Baru's kitchen. Like, you, you can hear the food processors yeah. going on. Yeah. Like all yeah. that kind of stuff too. I just like, when I hear those, I'm, it's just, it's very cozy to hear that kind of sound. Like gonk is in that category for me. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's just so many little background noises that I, I've never heard anywhere else that I just what love. Would- what about this from a, de- <clears throat> a descriptive terms? Like, I don't know if you can imagine the Falcon, okay? Hyperspace. It's Hyperspace got like cool, that. For sure, it's on my list. But like the, the you know that boom? It's like the or I think maybe it's coming out. I can't remember, but this sounds in my head, man. It's this boom and this like reverb whine kind of like, you know, like when yeah, it comes out of it. Yeah, it's coming out of hyperspace, I think. So cool, but I I also I have like I like the sounds of engines in Star Wars. Now, yes, like pod, pod racing, racers, baby. Uh, yeah, the Falcons engines I love. That's right near the top of my list. At ats are like Carlos are on my list for sure. Uh, Stormtrooper blasters, Han Solo's DL forty four, no doubt, right up on the list. Lightsabers are are top of the list. Can't that cannot be beaten? Both the ignition and the hum, and the deactivation. It's it's amazing. They're they're so good. Um, any, anything else? Any honorable mentions? You are beaten. It is useless for you to resist. Vader's yeah, that's it. Vader's iconic breathing. Uh, even like the like the low rumble when someone's using the force, it's just like mm. low frequency. Yeah, I mean that every every movie has that to some extent, but. That's when you know the force is being applied, when you can hear just the subwoofer rumbling. That, that is super cool to me. Uh, animal sounds. Like Minox on on Dagobah just sort of like whining as you know as, as they fly by. Chewy. Yeah, sure. Chewy, of course. Like Ben Burt is is as much a wizard and responsible for our enjoyment of all this than you know as as uh, maybe not so much as Lucas and and John Williams, but he's he's right there, man. He's right there with Dennis Murin and all those guys and Richard Edlund and wow, all those guys are right at the top of the list. They've all put in just such important contributions to the movies. So there you go. Yeah, it's hard to hard to argue that. Well, even like the guy who pulls the switch on the the, the Death Star. Like, where do you get that sound effect from? And it's so cool. Like, it's almost, it's memeable now, that sound effect, if you could. <laughs> I love it. All right, Metal Mando. Thank you, sir. 
you know what's really great about this part of the show is that all these questions beg for everybody else to chime in. So yeah, exactly. So chime in, everybody. Cool Star Wars sounds. Let's have let's have it. And lastly, we have another Seinfeld Star Wars mashup from Mr. Canto Cast himself. It's Jeffrey Fishback. Let's listen in. Hey guys, it's Jeff from the Canto Cast back with my question of the week, and I am back to my Star Wars Seinfeld mashup questions. After having a week off from those type of questions, I just had to get back to it. I just couldn't go more than a week without giving you guys a little Star Wars Seinfeld action. So, my question this week, I was trying to make you guys think a little bit, have some fun with this one. Not that you guys don't have fun with all the other ones that I've given you. But this one, I would like to know what would have happened if they would have casted Kramer to play Han Solo in the original Star Wars film. I mean, what would that have looked like? What kind of character would have Han been if Kramer ended up playing him? You know, it's these weird thoughts just run through my mind all the time. And, you know, we'll love to hear what you guys think. And I hope I wouldn't have to explain this, but I'm going to because, you know, sometimes Corey will ask Kyle, say, hey, what does he mean when he says Kramer? Does he mean Kramer or does he mean Michael Richards? Corey, I mean Kramer, the character Kramer, not Michael Richards. You know, character, you know, Cosmo Kramer playing Han Solo. So I can't wait to hear your guys' answers. I'm sure I'll be entertained, you know, for at least 15 minutes with you guys going over this. So have fun with it. And as always, oh, hey, I am recording this question on May the 4th. Happy Star Wars days, guys. Catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend. All right, now, guys, this one has the potential to go on forever. So let's let's avoid that. <laughs> but I, I think... I, this, there's so many moments where you could slip Kramer's Kramerisms into this, and it, and it works perfectly. Like the first one that comes to mind is you know, even when they just meet, and he's like, "I'm Han Solo, Captain of Millennium Falcon." You can Kramerize that moment. Yeah. I'm Han Solo. <laughs> I'm the captain. I'm Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I really love about. Uh... Cosmo Kramer is the name Cosmo, like Cosmos Space. There's like a there's a little thing, you know, that as soon as um you know, I listen to I listen to the question, it's like Yeah, okay, I, I mean just his name, like he's just as dumb as Han Solo. Like <laughs> <laughs> So I I I could visualize um the character of Kramer uh, easily in that uh in that role because he's a, he is a goofball he, he tries to come off as as this uh worldly uh you know character I'm the dude who made the Kessel run what well the, they're two guys that that like fail upwards well that's yet to be said 
we'll see in a, a couple of weeks. I think that's going to be quite the opposite case. Like I, I think of, I think of uh, Han Solo and Return of the Jedi, and they're trying to sneak up on the back door at the, uh, uh, the deflector shield on Endor, and they're like quiet, and he's like, "Hey, it's me." Like, <laughs> like exactly, idiot. Like <laughs> exactly, yeah. That, that's why Luke and Leia kind of roll their eyes. Yeah, exactly. It's, like it's we just spent, Like, were you not here, Han? We just spent the last like year of our lives planning your rescue moron <laughs> but again like back to the cantina when when they're all sitting around that table and they're negotiating going to alderon like you if, if it's kramer in that position he negotiates a worse price for himself like obi-wan <laughs> offers him like a, a year's worth of mailerons and kramer's like deal i'll take it He's like, I'll oh. take six, six months. Yeah, sucker. I, I can just see him like after just like the way Han's talking, like they, they Luke and Obi Wan take off, and he's just like claps his hands. Can you believe it? Who told you to put the bomb on? I didn't tell you to put the bomb on. <laughs> exactly. There's a couple lines I think that can go over like perfect transition from Star Wars to Seinfeld for that character. One of them being. You're throwing away fortune. Don't be a fool. <laughs> I could just so see Kramer doing that scene. <laughs> yeah, that that would work. There's a bunch of lines for sure, but I I I don't know that they even leave the cantina alive. Like you know, Greedo kind kind of sneaks up on Han, puts the blaster to his chest, like walks him back to the table. And if it's Kramer, he Kramer falls backwards over the table. Spills drinks all over the people in the next table, and just chaos ensues from there. Oh, that that's where it becomes Charlie Chaplin style. Like for whatever it is, it's the wills of the force for Han Solo. Let it be Michael Richards or Harrison Ford. He to me the way I I see it, everything comes to the same end result, no matter if it's by luck. Like the Kessel Run, all by luck. Like everyone's like ah, he's just like. Kramer's like, what? Turns accidentally and like hits hyperspace, you know, and saves them all. Like, it, yeah, it that's all... a very Jar Jar thing to do too. Yeah, that that's Kramer thing to do too. Like, like, I don't know. I just, I just see him just being that that ultimate goop that still ends up coming through in the end, but he doesn't know how. Like, getting failing Vader in upward. The yeah, failing upward. You're right. <laughs> but like, we used to have a grand Darby. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just for now that's just for now like in a couple of weeks that's gonna change i think honestly but uh i i see a lot of back and forth dialogue between a lot of characters that work again are between jabba and leia like i could see him begging jabba like again like you being a fool whatever or i could see him totally begging leia please leia please well, yeah, like when when Han I'm is like, you. when Han no, no, says, uh, you, "I love you," <laughs> when when Han tells three uh, PO, you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth, like in, in Kramer's position, get... like he drops down to his knees. Please, Jabba, please don't. <laughs> yeah, I see him more with Leia at that point, you know, like because, and I was like, it's got to be Jabba, it's got to be Jabba, and then like I thought about it, no, like Kramer's, he's trying to break up with someone, I think, and then he comes back to her and he's like, no, no, I love you. <laughs> 
It's like, please don't let me. I'm begging you. Like, imagine Kramer piloting the Falcon through the asteroid field, and he would have, like, one foot up on the bulkhead above his head. And, like, he'd be all, like, like, like when he was driving the school bus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he'd be sitting there, like, he wouldn't even be piloting. He'd be standing up, and, like, like someone else would come into the cockpit and be like, shouldn't you be piloting this thing? And he'd be like, no, no, it's on autopilot. Then they get hit by an asteroid, and he, like, falls onto the, the controls and, like, saves the day, you know? Well, he no, he falls into that little repair bay, the same one that that R two rolls into and falls on top of Chewie. Like Kramer, they get hit by an asteroid, and Kramer falls into that that thing. That's another thing that came to me too. Is like all the repairs in the Falcon is constantly breaking down. Like it's also it's like a result of Kramer or Han, whatever. But Kramer, but at the same time, he, he manages to fix the problem. Like what's going on over here? Like he has no clue what's going on, but he just like this is this is kind of like flashing. It almost seemed like uh, when they're leaving Tatooine, like, jump into hyperspace and like Dustin Crops boy, like Luke's like, what's that flashing? He's like, well, I don't know. I kind of usually just touch these buttons over here. <laughs> <laughs> but where does the meat go? <laughs> <laughs> like Kramer installs a hot tub on the Falcon. Oh yeah, easily. For sure, he he puts a hot tub in the Falcon and or a sauna. Like, does a flip and that's it. It's over. And he keeps the cape room. Uh, a Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> I was just going to say the pimp jacket. <laughs> I'm not a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> he is so happy when he gets that dream coat and then the hat comes sliding along. Oh man! Again, we could probably go on all night with this, but uh, we we can't because it's already late again. Yeah, I I could have I could have went there, Jeff. I could have said like like, do you mean Kramer is in Kramer, or do you mean like Kramer is in like I Stanley love, Spadowski? I love how Jeff had to like reiterate to you very slowly in no uncertain terms, Kramer. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like Michael Richards is Kramer. Like sadly, that is the case. Like. He had a bit of a falling out with the Hollywood scene. Uh, he he had his I, he his follow up to Seinfeld was some kind of like detective thing that I was I was all into. Can't remember what it's called. Totally bombed. Uh, but other than that, it's either Kramer, Cosmo Kramer, or Stanley Spadowski for life. Oh boy, it's the same character basically. One's just a little more. Well, that ended up being a. His problem. He could only do the goofball. And after you did Kramer, like the goofball didn't work anymore because you just keep, kept seeing Kramer. Anyway, Jeff, thanks, man. That was fun. And that, that guy's. That, that, no. <laughs> that brings us to the end, fellas. We're done for another week. I'm right. not a poop. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. <laughs> hey, did, did you guys see on. Uh, I don't know if Jeff put it on Twitter. He definitely put it on Instagram. Uh, but he had a picture taken with uh, with Banya, like he met Banya. It's a great picture. I didn't see it. Yeah, go check it out on on Jeff's Instagram. It's awesome. Okay, thanks guys. Everybody who sent in vo- voicemails this voicemails voicemails this week. Thank you. Um, and everybody again, Dora is open. Send in your voicemails or emails, and we'll read them on the next episode, and we'll butcher them as we always do. But get them if you can. Get them in early next week because, as you know. Next week is Mother's Day, and uh, it would be a bad look on me if I spent my Sunday preparing for the podcast on Mother's Day. 
If you want to hear episode 127, make sure like help me prepare episode 126 and get your questions in early if you can. If not, then well, that, that's okay. I know sometimes it takes a little, it's a little bit uh, challenging to come up with a question. I know, believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, but uh, if you can, that would be very helpful. Um, and again, thanks to uh, Rob Wade for sharing this episode on emo- emotionally14.com. We got a nice little section built up there for uh, podcasts that are, I think, emotionally14 approved or e14 approved, I think, or endorsed, I think. Um, and again, check out his his hilarious podcast with uh, the comedy podcast with no rails, the crazy train. And guys, I think we are due back with uh, uh, Sith Disturbers this week, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. And if you want to hear that, become a powerful friend for just a couple of dollars a month at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. You get early access podcasts, exclusive podcasts like Sith Disturbers. Uh, you get access to our prize, monthly prize draws and a bunch more. And if that's not in the cards, then please just uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a review as uh, those can be really, really helpful too. help us climb the ranks. And we'll read that on the show as well. Please, please. <laughs> <laughs> Be the wind beneath our wings. Remember Kramer with Bette Midler? That was a great episode. It really was. Oh, boy. Um, And also this week, uh, what you should be doing above all else is heading to StarWarsCommonwealth.com or Star Wars Commonwealth on Apple Podcasts and checking out the great Star Wars podcast there. You can just check out all our friends there. And uh, I promise you will not be disappointed with the the quality and quantity of the podcast there. StarWarsCommonwealth.com, everybody. And diversity. Yeah, I mean, we try to we try to put in a little bit of something, a little bit of everything in there, and uh, hopefully, I, I I think we do a good job. I think we do a really really good job. So, uh, hopefully, you agree. So do that. And otherwise, guys, we are we're gonna punch out of here. Carlos, Corey, thanks, guys. Thank you. My pleasure. Guys, where can uh, you be found, Corey? Well, you guys, Carlos, Kyle, everybody. You know you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z, baby. And Carlos? You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter. And uh, check out my website at uh, carloscandidomusic.com. Um, More music coming, and- huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. Baby. Awesome. I I know the Commonwealth. I know our friends are definitely looking forward to hearing that. And uh, guys, if you're out there, if you're on Facebook, come join our closed Tumbling Saber group on Facebook. Uh, A a lot of guys have been really making the the group pretty vibrant and active in the last last little while. So come on in there. uh, Join the ranks in our our closed Tumbling Saber group and you can just geek out on Star Wars all day long. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's it. So enjoy your weeks. Please. All right, guys, have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.